Hey folks, welcome to another episode of Dabbling and Dribbling. As always, make sure you are following us on all of our social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Dabbling and Dribbling. And are you subscribed to us on, what is it, Stitcher, SoundCloud, oh, I and thought Apple you were Podcasts? asking me. I, I mean, I'm always asking you because I, I always intro this. <laughs> but make sure you're following us. Make sure you're subscribed. Glad into our DMs. Because we will respond. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we thirsty like that. And we offer a uh, promo at the end of we this do. podcast. So it's if a you're fake promo. not in our DMs, <laughs> skip to the last two minutes. And you will you will hear our fake promo. Yeah. It's great. Um, uh, so you're this, not paying for... Oh, are you paying for the, with I thought what money? you were... I can't stand you. Get out of my house. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so our episode this week, our 67th episode is pretty dope. We uh, kind of start off kind of sad talking about R. Kelly and misogyny and just how the patriarchy sucks. But we end our d- dabbling section with women being dope. So, I mean, hey, mm-hmm. there's takes that. A turn. Takes a turn. You know, it takes a turn. But we talk about R. Kelly quite a bit for some time and about... Ugh, it's disgusting. Hmm. No, it's not I don't want to launch it. It's the intro, so I'm not going to launch into my thoughts, my right. further thoughts on this. We talk about R. Kelly. Take yes, a listen. let's take a listen on that. Then our uh, dribbling section, we uh, dive right into... What was the first one? Was it... Oh, yeah, we talk about uh, Harden going off. Yeah, that was at the end. We talk about Harden. We talk about the Jimmy show. Uh, Jimmy Butler. We talk about Tom Thibodeau. That was that was a majority of our conversation. Yeah. Because Tibbs, something happened. Y'all should listen and see what, what it was. It Coach out. Tibbs, uh, Thibodeau from uh, the Timberwolves. I mean, you can also Google it, but yeah. it is what it is. Um, and our dope people are exceptionally dope. Yeah, I really liked your dope person. Me too. That was, your dope person made my entire... If 2019... If that is a microcosm of 2019... I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm My year is set. I'm, I subscribe. <sighs> I subscribe. You better get it. Women doing work. I mean, hey. Shutting men we, down. We've been doing it. Damn. Y'all been sleeping on us. Anyway, make sure you check it out. It's a good one. And uh, we'll catch you on the flip side, folks. What up, folks? Welcome to another episode of Dabbling Dribbling with Alex and Bry. Hey! It is episode number 67, second one of the new year. Yeah. 2019. How you doing, my friend? I feel fantastic. 2019 is my year. Killing it. The last year, my teens are always a good year. Always. Living it up. It's awesome. How about you? Things are good. I'm a little under the weather, so if if I sound a little nasally... That's why. I tried to convince you to take some uh, salt water spray or some lemon water. Right. You have assured me that you were good. I am good. I'm your co-pilot. Let's just keep, let's roll. Let's do <laughs> let's this. Let's keep it going. Um, okay. So what is on our docket? So let's just dive into our dabbling section because that's what we do. Yeah. Um, have you heard about this surviving R. Kelly docuseries that's been on Lifetime? No. Um, consider yourself lucky. Because I watched the first one. There's six there's parts. Six parts. They're one hour each. I think they're like, like, a... like, yeah, or something like that. All right. it's, it's like a one hour plus commercials. Yeah, I think, it, or it's like, I think it's if you start at like seven, it ends at like one in the morning. Is like, this kind of like a OJ sort of thing? Yeah. So essentially, these are all the people who have survived R. Kelly coming forward and talking about how, like, what this man is like. Oh things he's done i mean who is r kelly 
Robert Kelly Jr., right? Oh, I didn't know his first name was Robert. I think it's Robert, yeah. That's not a very... I thought it was completely... I thought his name was just made up, like oh, a yeah. pseudonym. No, I'm it's just his sure. initials. Yeah, it's, it's Arc- okay. You know, no. It's like it's like J.R. Smith. Like any kind of respect I still had left for him is now gone. Um, uh, so wow. he, did you have any respect for this? I, this any remaining that I might have had is now gone. <laughs> okay. I guess it was in the name where I gave him more credit. Right, of course. But but what I know of R. Kelly beyond that he sang the "I Believe I Can Fly" song from Space Jam. Absolutely. Is that since that time he's been nothing but a uh, piece of crap? tepid worm in the uh moral fiber of our society as it relates to sexual misconduct with women yep and it's been there's been a lot of from what i remember when the whole turmoil was was starting up is he was having sex with a lot of girls who were pretty young yeah i mean he's famously married Aaliyah when Aaliyah was 15 i didn't know they got married Yes, so that means her parents consented on that. Because if you're under 18, you need to have your guardian or your parents consent to getting married. How old was he at the time? I think 27. Yeah, it's 12-year difference. That's a big 12-year difference at that age. The things I knew at 27 compared to a 15-year-old? Nah, that's not fair. I mean, I feel this... A friend of mine was... Like kind of hanging out with a 22 year old and just realized he's 27 himself mm-hmm. um, and oh, he just yeah. realized oh. and he realized like wow this is oh. like, it was fun like she was cute like yeah. you know, they were hanging out oh. um, and then he just realized like wow she's she's just young because she you know fresh 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 face in New York yeah, like she- wanting to do New York things, whatever. Barely uh, finished watching Dora the Explorer. <laughs> like, just fresh. And my other friend was just like, wait, how old is she again? And, and my friend goes, oh, she's 22. And he that immediately t- goes, where is her mother? Right, right. That, that, <laughs> like, what is... That Taylor Swift age. That's an age where you are just off of a Jake Gyllenhaal breakup. <laughs> and you're feeling all types of emo. Yeah. And you don't know what to do with that. That yeah. You can't take advantage of a 22-year-old. So a 15-year-old... And granted, like, people would be like, well, Aaliyah, like, you know, this is the other thing. Like, if I'm realizing more and more, especially I watched part of the docuseries. I didn't watch the whole thing. I I will sit down and watch the whole thing at some point. It's just incredibly triggering, even for someone who Mm. hasn't necessarily gone through full full on sexual assault. I've been sexually harassed and grabbed on and things like that but i've never been raped what do these women say what what are we saying what are some of the things you're hearing just like the you know he tells them what to wear what to eat like you know is very controlling of everything that they do and these are women who wanted to be expiring stars so he will like bring them in to mentor them and you know and manipulate through the through his power and his influence or whatever um but i think of like what I'm realizing more and more is that the world, the world, generally don't care about women. Specifically, black women, black girls are not black girls; they're black women. They're not considered young and innocent. So, an Aaliyah at 15 is considered a woman than the girl, the baby that she is, right? Okay. Well, she's in the music industry. You know, Aaliyah paved the way for Beyonce. That is 100%. I agree. Um, They've been like Beyonce has been doing this thing since she was twelve. But when you look at Beyonce when she did No 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 with Destiny's Child, you didn't see a fifteen year old. You you thought you saw a grown ass woman singing that. Wait a second, what was No 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 again? Sing hum a few bars. <clears throat> no 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 no. Oh yeah. Say, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, she was twenty seven when she did that. Yeah, no, she wasn't. She was definitely a teenager. What? <laughs> yep. 
So uh, they were teenagers when they when were... they did uh, in the club. Everybody, no, no, no. Yeah, I think she was like probably eighteen or something like that. No way! They can't even get in the club. (laughs) That's. I really did think they were older. I didn't. No, she would. She. I think she was the youngest of all of them. Like her and Kelly were like the youngest of all of them. Yeah. But regardless, but like you, you just don't. What I was like so perplexed by is that we're living in a world where. One, we're not seeing black girls as black girls, and we're not protecting black girls at yeah. all. Yeah, you know, and this and this is like, unfortunately, I know these things. Maybe not in this extent of like uh, the way R. Kelly did it in his way of power. I know so many black and brown people mm-hmm. who have saying. brothers, uncles, yeah. dads that are freaking creepy. That are that have done things to them to their cousins to their pe- people that they love so like this exists and like the protection of of girls is just like not not a thing and that to me is really upsetting well let me also put it i agree with you <laughs> okay uh just from what i've observed on, right. as a male of color but also i would say in general people of color are perceived to be older Sure. And that's just true across like stati- like there are research studies that show sure. that on average people think uh, people of color are older. Yeah. So they did, you did a, a story- whole series on that in yeah. your art. I was gonna say that I did a series where I was looking at the Trayvon or not the Trayvon, um, the Tamir, Tamir Rice, Rice shooting mm-hmm. and how the officer thought this is a, an a assailant 12- with a gun, like an actual gun. It's a twelve year old with a toy gun, <laughs> but he thought he was an older teen, like eighteen. You can hear him calling on the radio. He's like, he looks about eighteen or something. Right. It's like, no, he's twelve. Um and so they did some studies actually where they showed police officers I forget what city it was in, but they showed police officers hundreds of photos of white assailants mm-hmm. and black assailants mm-hmm. and the officers each officer had to give like an age range of how old they thought they were and right. on average they thought the white assailant was one year older than they actually were and they thought the black assailants were five years older than they actually That's were wild yeah wild uh, yeah i don't you know what and black don't crack and brown don't frown but the color makes people think that you are old well, yeah because of of whatever biases or whatever that person has, right? right? And like, oh, you know, black girls, you know, if they have a bit more of a figure, whether it be a mm-hmm. booty, boobs, or whatever, oh, mm-hmm. they must be a woman. Right. <laughs> they were asking for it. Oh, Why? yeah. And like, and in my timeline, I think people are now, there's like now the big debate, like, you know, do we like mute R. Kelly? Like, I don't want to listen to any song of his. I, when I watch Space Jam, I would like Space Jam to take I Believe I Can Fly Out and put something else in there. It doesn't mean that, like, his music... It doesn't... Him as an artist, as a, like, him as a musician and his work was great. I'm not going to say that it wasn't. But he's still a pedophile and a rapist. Right. Period. In yeah. the same way that Bill Cosby can be a it's genius... just thinking about Bill. Can be a genius comic. Yeah problematic too in some of the things that he said sure. and, and did especially when it came to like the rappers out there and you know he the, he aired a lot of dirty laundry sure he's still a, a predator he's still a rapist oh yeah and so like separate the art from the artist it's like nah uh, no i saw a picture of him sitting next to miles davis mm-hmm. 
This is in the 80s. Okay. It was not a good time. It was, uh, there's a photo on the internet of Bill Cosby wearing one of a Bill, like a Bill Cosby sweater. Right. If you've ever seen one. Right. It's got 15 different colors. Absolutely. And patterns and texture. That just, yeah. I don't know. This was a choice sweater, but he was sitting next <laughs> I just to. I want to say, I've, I've gifted my father many of those. I'm sure it looks good on him, but not in this photo of him of Bill sitting next to Miles Davis, who, true East St. Louis legend, love mm-hmm. him. But man, the '80s did a number on his look. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, oh my god, I forgot Miles Davis did a perm. Mm. The like receding hairline, Ooh, like yeah, halfway yeah. back on the head, but then he had like the perm, mm-hmm. just flowing black mane, mm-hmm. and he had the sunglasses plus like some like, at, what do you call it? Some Afro fabulous, like high shouldered jacket mm-hmm. with patterns going on. And you just saw these two men. And Miles Davis, if you're not familiar, people out there, has like a sketch past with sure. women in yeah. his interactions with them. So to see these two men of color and the damage they may have done psychologically and physically on women mm-hmm. in the past. And just, but psychologically to what you were just saying about the men uncles brothers cousins whatever the mental trap of being male masculine i'll just say black to what extent i know that uh social identity to do to be all of those things and then be responsible for upholding this kind of male patriarchy because that's what you're subscribing to and when you watch rap when you watch like a lot of music industry stuff like r kelly i was just oh shoot today i was listening to r kelly at the gym because he's on one of my playlists for the gym it's like old school between like the early 2000s it was him and young jeezy were you listening to ignition yeah no not ignition not ignition no 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 no. um that would trigger me that would trigger me but it was uh it was like uh our city run this Mm -hmm. whatever something like that um but I didn't think anything of it being R. Kelly, but he's in an industry next to Young Jeezy and all these other rappers where, yeah, it is about domination and conquering right. and mostly of the female body. Right. And also for R. Kelly, the body by way of the mind. Hmm. So it's this insecurity of I have to trap them psychologically to have them physically. Right. And it's just such a... And he does so physically, mind. too. He traps them physically. I mean, there's an R. Kelly house that has like right. a bunch of women in there. And I'm just more perplexed by men and women alike of all shades and colors, sizes and creeds <clears throat> defending this man. Wait, who's defending R. Kelly? People just like on in in my in not what are the defenses? My, What's the case? Just like oh, he hasn't been tried. He hasn't been okay. Like, fair. Okay, but you know who else hasn't been tried? George Zimmerman. Like he wasn't put into trial. <laughs> but yeah, would he you was. Want? <clears throat> not not for what he did to Trayvon. <coughs> Refresh my memory. I don't think he was. He, I don't think he was put in trial for or found guilty for. Not what? found guilty. Right, but he even if you're in, not found guilty, like I still wouldn't want my black child to be hanging out with him. No, but he got tried. Okay, whatever. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I remember he lost hella weight. <laughs> oh, that's true. It's like good he, for him. But then he gained it all back. And his wife finally divorced him. Thank God. Mm-hmm. But like. There's various things like, you know, you guys are just trying to get it, bring another black man down to, you know, but he's an amazing artist. Like, I'm still going to listen to him and his work. And it's just like. My brow is so furrowed right and, now. Yeah. It's just like, 
literal black babies were being preyed upon by this man and you think that's okay when you say babies i mean like clear like we're talking like 15 16 like they're young kids yeah these are children yeah and 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 the blame of like blame to the girls like you know they shouldn't like from you know the typical they shouldn't be dressing like that or we should be teaching our girls to not fall prey to people like him and i'm like sure we could teach that to our girls but we can also teach our men to not be predators i don't know you know what? it's not that hard there's so many layers there's <laughs> so this. many la- because it's all really who you ask because everything you're saying to me sounds reasonable and all the people who are saying that we should wait until justice is served yeah. like i get that sentiment because we're supposed to find in our hearts regardless of what the media would have us think we're supposed to hold someone innocent until proven guilty right so until otherwise noted we shouldn't be condemning this man but at the same time if you ask me i'll i'll condemn him i'll say yeah sure i'll go one step further most people won't agree with me with this i'll say how dare we have a white-faced clown Mm. selling poisonous food Across the country, ad nauseum, and the world. You're talking about McDonald's. Talking about the clown and his his henchman, the burglar, and all those people. (laughs) We got cartoons selling junk food to kids. Yeah. And that stuff causes diabetes, heart disease, cancer. And you're like, Alex, you need to relax. I'm like, we're in bad shape in the United States. We we kill off more people because of our diet than anything else. Mm -hmm. And so why are we allowing that to have a pass? Mm. So... Yeah, I mean, I can understand why people would be on the other side of the fence with R. Kelly. Just like I'm taking a stance on this one issue that a lot of people percentage-wise wouldn't agree with me. Right. So it's all a degrees of how much we're holding someone accountable sure. for consciously doing... Like if a racist were a racist, mm-hmm. subconsciously, mm-hmm. unintentionally, right. said, said a remark that you and I didn't agree with... Mm-hmm. We'd be upset, maybe, but we'd give them a little bit of grace because they don't know. Sure. For our Kelly situation, we're automatically assigning a consciousness to him, like an, an, a conscious well, he's racist. Al- he's already spoken up about this. He says that he's going to create a website, um, uh, basically uh, outing all of these survivors, these mm-hmm. quote-unquote survivors mm-hmm. in his eyes, um, and like ripping them to shreds, like like that's healthy um, um and he's like i don't this is just a way to you know get get back at me or whatever i'm just like okay so you don't think you've done anything wrong okay no but i get it because baby boy you married a 15 year old there are p tapes of you peeing on they consented young... uh, no don't you dare i was like you're gonna sing it don't you dare what <laughs> uh my, my my feeling though is how many people do you think, if you ask them in the world, are you a bad person, would own up and cop to, yeah, I intentionally try to be a bad person? No, not, not most many. People. Yeah. R. Kelly does not think he's a bad person. In his mind, he justifies this because fill in the blank. I'm not there with him when he's talking to these kids and or their parents. So I don't know how he justifies it in his mind, but I guarantee you he doesn't think what he did. it's not just like he he's doing this to like older women too. He's doing this to like 20, like 20 year olds, 21 year olds, things, you know. Oh, when you said older, you meant like 21. In their, in their early 20s. <laughs> I thought you were going to say 30 something. Nope. Oh, okay. So what he would say is like, look, see, I don't just prey on teenagers. As I, I diversify. I roll my eyes and 
want to die. In his um, mind, there's a justification for it, which I'm sure he does not talk to a therapist about. No, but, you know, again, we don't, I, it comes back to this point of, like, we don't look at black girls, especially black young girls, as the girls that they are, or care for them in that way. Sure. That we do, like, a white baby or a white a white girl. Oh, yeah, we place more value on the latter. Right. Hundred percent for for sure. Well, a, a great example of this is Centoya Brown. I don't know if you know about her case, but uh, fifteen years ago, she was fifteen years old, mm-hmm. and she's thirty man, now. Yeah, and a man bought her to have sex with her, and she didn't want to. Yeah, and in the midst of like everything that was kind of happening, she killed him. Oh, with a gun, defense, millimeter, in, in, and I don't know what it was exactly, but she's been in jail for the past fifteen years, and. Literally, people all over the world has been like, what? "There's no reason this girl should have been in jail. She was literally being prosti- like prostituted against her will at the age of 15." And yeah. today, we find out that she finally got clemency from the mayor, which Jeez. is great. Wait, what city is it? what uh, ooh, state? Shoot, I forgot. Because um, that's um, that's uh, what I'm saying. There cannot be enough bodies in is it Ohio. I'm sure it is. To there can't be enough bodies in the prison system for you to overlook something like this. To say you Bill don't have Bill Hansman is the governor. I don't know where though. Don't say Missouri. No, it's not Missouri. I think it's Bill. Well, I'll find out. You know, I'm always blown away when someone pardons someone. When a president is on his way out, is mm-hmm. a lame duck. He's like, you know what? Give me a bunch of prison Tennessee. cases. Of course, it's Tennessee. Uh. He took forever to give her clemency, but she still won't be released until August. Okay. And she's so, a black girl at 15, was put into the situation she didn't want to. Like, regardless of whatever it was that got her into the situation where she was, like, she was a 15-year-old girl. Right. That was essentially consistently being raped. That's brutal. That's And gross. she couldn't take it anymore right. and killed the last person that... Well, I yes, I'm a raper. On the surface of that, I'm totally in agreement. I would like to know the circumstances of the purchase being on the street in a bed behind closed doors. Sure. Who saw it? Like, right. if there are witnesses, I'm all about that. Right. Um, but that just sounds on the surface of it like something pretty horrible. I listen to a lot of podcasts. One being a lot about history, mm-hmm. and uh, you hear mention of women being sold to men much older than them Mm -hmm. and you just realize there's just been this history of women forever Mm -hmm. being married off in their teens to have kids with guys who just want fertility yeah and it's just such and they're made to go to a servant role Right for for men, and it just it's such bullshit. Well, like even in India, though, for the long so my grandmother, my dad's my dad's mom, married my grandfather when she was thirteen. He was eighteen. She didn't live with him until she became a woman at sixteen, meaning when she first got her period. This was something so he that was twenty one. So he was twenty one, and they very quickly started having children. Yeah, I'm sure after that's what that. You do. Um, she, I think she had a third grade education. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, you know, at the time, that's what they knew, and that was a custom, right? Like, this was arranged when she was a kid, like, when she was a child, you know? And Mm -hmm. thankfully, my grandfather was a really good man. Yeah. From what I know, Mm -hmm. and from what she's told me when she was alive, um, that he was a good man. He treated her well. They have 13 beautiful children and many, many grandchildren and now great-grandchildren. How many is many? Uh, 
grandchildren yeah i think we're at 40 something right now get the fudge out of dodge is it either 35 or 40 great hold on jump in jehoshaphat i'll have to figure that out and tell you and then then there's not great grandkids now in the that are in the way because uh, my cousins are getting married and you know obviously they both are not no longer with us but god bless all these women who have these kids <laughs> right i mean my grandmother joked and said after a while they just crawled out i was just like oh my lord i didn't even <laughs> notice i had a friend uh i was like god grandma no how much you don't say that to I me i had a friend who went to go uh get piano lessons from a woman mm-hmm. for a long time um, I'm recanting the story. I'm trying to think about it. Okay. You don't want do to. Do I want to tell the story? Do you story? want to tell the story? Nah, I don't want to tell it. Okay. But so long story short. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's fine. And it's not going to out anybody, but I just don't like the, the message it sends. <laughs> but um, either way. Um, but I mean, yeah. it's a different, but like, you know, and what, at least now there's some protections where like, if you are underage, you need to have your parent or guardian like sign, like consent the marriage but even that like how much how much protection was Aaliyah's family giving Aaliyah by having her marry a 27 year old no full on good well that her folks saw dollar signs in their eyes oh I'm sure but like what does that say about your character that like this money is going to be the reason why yeah. You want to give your daughter up for this man? Like, that's not okay. I hear that, but I've also, um, I can't speak to a life of poverty because I've never grown up in it to my knowledge. Right. I've never uh, saw that side of my childhood, but I thought, I don't know what it would be like to think, we, parents do this with the kids all the time. They hedge their bets on their kids' success, right? Sure. So, like, my kid's going to be the greatest fill in the blank. Right. If it is in the pursuits of your child's like stardom mm-hmm. Aaliyah's talent right. that another artist would come along and say I'm gonna make her something it could be the kind of situation where he doesn't outright say hey I'm trying to do your daughter but he like hints at it oh she's beautiful oh she's gorgeous and she'd be a great talent right and mind you Aaliyah was rest in peace a great talent absolutely she great dancer great singer mm-hmm. I mean as a Beyonce fan, I'll say she definitely paved the way for Beyonce to be who Beyonce is. For sure. But if I'm a parent then of a very talented, capable person, and I believe in her, and this guy believes in her, he's got money, clout, and influence. And she, now he wants to marry my daughter? Yeah, like, I'm going to let it happen because I'm going to get some money out of this. And I'm poor. Like, if I don't have a lot of money, right. which I don't know Aliyah's family situation, no. but for me to give away a 15-year-old, my guess is you're probably not living very well. Yeah. Um. Again, it's really messy. And I mean, I don't want to dive into it too much longer, but it makes me really sad. Uh, makes me yeah. really sad. I read some quotes the other day by Huffington Post. It was a hundred quotes by famous women in history uh-huh. that give you inspiration. And it like, as you go down the list, it started at the top with Jackie Joyner Kersey. Sure. Famous. Absolutely Again, amazing. East St. Louis Pride, uh, track <laughs> First athlete. All, you were so excited to just say it the way that you said it. I've mentioned two East St. Louis veterans. I just didn't know that was going to happen on this no, cast. I'm very proud of that. Um, for those who don't know, I'm from St. Louis. Uh, Jackie Joyner Kersey at the top saying. You know, I had a uh, poster of her in my, in my bedroom wall. I bet you it kept falling down because she's so fast. She's like, 
Yeah, that's exactly she it. She's so quick on those I hurdles. I had my Michael Jordan poster, the one with mm-hmm, his arms, mm-hmm. and the Jackie Jordan Kersey on the other side. She was so fast. Oh, my God. She <laughs> said, uh, if I stop to kick every barking dog along the way, I never get to where I need to go. Mm. It's like, hey. Yeah. Amen. And as it kept going down the list of these women saying these things, mm-hmm. and then cross-referencing this with the things that I hear from history of women being sold off, married off, sure. prostituted and such... You hear these notes of resiliency in women yeah. that men, we just don't have the like, same kind y- of quotes because it, it's not built on such oppression. Mm-hmm. Like men, the male hetero cis quotes mm-hmm. are all about bravado and posturing. Right. There's a lot of I'm better than so-and-so. Right. Uh, Muhammad all Ali. Muhammad, all Muhammad Ali, like uh, you'd ha- I'd have... I'd have to be a stamp, a postage stamp, because that's the only way you're going to lick me. That's funny. Hey, that, no one said it wasn't funny. That's that's good. Yeah, there's good humor about it because you got this this machismo about it, right? right. So, but with women in their quotes, it's so, it was so substantive that my eyes started to get like, it was hot. So mm. there was my eyes were sweating. Oh, okay, yeah. So like, is, that, is that what happens with your eyes? They, they usually, sweat a it's bit? like in a hot room, mm, mm, and then mm, just mm, like mm, you mm. can feel the water builds up. I hope people like recognize our sarcasm voice, because <laughs> there's a lot of mm, 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 mm. yeah. You know, just, just you're agreeing with me. Yes, of course. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I worked out that day. Yeah, yeah. It's sweating. Your my eyes, eyes were, were still perspiring. Yeah, they were perspiring from the sweat. So as that's, I was, that's that's <laughs> that's where the calories come out. You know, it's the where calories. The <laughs> What's wrong, Alex? I'm just burning calories. <laughs> just, just, just leave me alone, man. I'm good. I'm good, okay. man. But as I as I read along, I was really thinking about this the comparison and contrast between male quotes, a Churchill, a Muhammad Ali, sure. uh, uh, Martin Luther King even, to women. Mm. And there's just so much more behind the words because of how much bullshit that you they've have to put up with. Yeah. Some of those names you would see on that list of quotes, you're like, uh, flash in the memory of like, oh, I remember what you were up against yeah the the naysayers and all the doubters yeah. um when is the women's march uh in two weeks i believe okay we're going to it on I think. my calendar yeah um but speaking down. of awesome women we had loads of women uh get sworn in in the house uh this past week which okay. is super exciting okay, okay. um i think uh some people were rattled by the women that were who are these people um, just, you know, the Republicans specifically, because a lot of the women were coming from the, the Democratic side on the House of Representatives. Uh, these men shake their fists a lot. Sure. You know. A lot of grumbling. Yeah, a lot of... So, congrats to all of the women, specifically uh, Alexandria. Um, she is the rep- she's one of the representatives for, um, for New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a... a what was it called? Breakfast club, breakfast club, um, dance that she did back in when she was at Brown or at Boston University, wherever she went to college. When you say Breakfast Club, you mean the movie or the, the radio movie. show? The movie. Okay. The movie. The the. That's going to attract a very different kind of crowd. Right. Opinion. And she did this dance. There's like a dance or something that happens in in the movie, and then she right. she replicated it to like in college for something that she did, and it came back out, and people were like. There's people in the Republican side that thought that was tacky or whatever. And she was just like, one, it happened in 
college and two here's me dancing again um in front of yeah. my in front of my congressional office and it was really yeah. cute um, oh i love that yeah so <laughs> big ups to her and to like just and it's all and there was two native american women first time native american you women better not what yes yeah, isn't that dope that's amazing uh, the first somalian uh immigrant woman thank god um united states so just you Let's know, go. it's Let's super, go. super dope to see, you know, all of these women go to D.C. and be sworn in by Qurans, by Bibles, by Torah. People got sworn in by Qurans? Yeah, the Somalian woman is a Muslim. I um, bet you there were so many white men who went back to their offices and their heads were just on their desks. Well, Mike or, Pence had to swear in a, uh, a bisexual woman, so that was, you know, hard for him, I'm he, sure. He probably just, <laughs> like, fainted. And just, Nancy Pelosi is the Speaker of the House now, being that mm-hmm. she is... They are the majority now. Thank God. So, uh, so super dope to see all these women do so well. Um, and the only other woman I wanted to highlight is my girl Sandra O oh, because she made history yesterday by being the first Asian American woman to have multiple Golden Globes. Her first Golden Globe was for Best Supporting Actress in a comedy miniseries situation, which is from Grey's Anatomy, where she played Christina Yang. Heard of it. And she won another one for uh, Killing Eve, which is like a movie, mm. TV movie situation or doc, like miniseries. Mm. Um, and she won for that. And what was amazing about her speech, she like she also was a host for the Golden Globes. And she's like, I did this today. And, this I mean, sorry. yesterday. Yes. Yesterday. She yeah. was the host. She was a host with Andy Samberg. And they were. And really, she won. And she won. You can't do that. Yes, you can. You can do whatever she, she can do whatever she wants because she's a woman. Female privilege. Yeah, it's uh the 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 few things that we have we take you know hosting and Golden Globes yes. these things and you know she talked about how like she she took this gig in fear because this has changed like she's a female host who is an Asian American woman all these different things and it was really really special and then when she got her accept when she got her award. Um, the last people she thanked was her Oma and Appa, which is her dad and mom, and she spoke in Korean to them on stage. Yeah, and, a lot of us had trouble understanding that. Right. I mean, I understood it because Oma and Appa are like very similar to what you call, like I call my mom Amma and I call my dad She's, Appa. Yeah, so it's she, like very... She said mom and dad and she said Oma I love and Appa. You. Oma and Appa. She like, the two people I want to thank are my dad and mom, uh-huh. Oma and Appa, and then she said the i forgot what it like i've, I've heard my korean friends say this word but basically i love you in korean yeah, yeah. to them and and she like did the like the respectful bow to them and i and i'm just sitting there like how amazing like i'm not even korean mm-hmm, but i'm yeah. so excited that this woman one deserved this award and two deserves to be up there being a host and was funny and was charming mm-hmm. and three that there's representation and how important it is like I think someone recently, I think Sandra O oh said it actually, that you don't realize the pain that you're in until, like, of like not seeing your representation until you see it. And you're like, oh my God. Yep. This is, you mean this is what I've been feeling this whole time? Like, yeah. this is this pain of like, I never see myself on screen right. or my story or my culture or the themes of what I understand. So. Big congrats to Sandra O. Oh, you the goat. I'm, I'm just so imagining like her. an Archie Bunker at home watching <laughs> the Golden Globes. Like these, these aren't the same anymore. Yeah. I don't know who she. Yeah. You know, just some kind of uh, detachment from it. You go, who's this Andy's? You know, I do, but I like that. And all the things that you just encapsulated between the Congress and representation in the media, like that's that's so so much overjoy because. There just hasn't been that story for so long. Yeah. Like we just ha- we didn't get access to those things until in recent 
like the last 10 years. Yeah. 2014 was a big year for African Americans in the Black Lives Matter movement. Sure. Crazy Rich Asians brought to a white media mm-hmm. and the United States like, hey, here we are. All like, here's some here's some here's some of us doing things. Hot. Yeah. Yeah, I would concur with yeah. all of those. I mean, you can go down the list. There's not a not a not an not ugly a pug, one. Pug, ugly one in the whole bunch. Um, Black Panther was huge last Black year. Black Panther, like this this ownership of space. And I think I think what you said is is so true. Is that you don't you don't realize how much you miss uh, identifying with. I mean, we're just the United States. When you look at the breakdown demographically yeah. of everything, how are you going to have ninety three percent of Hollywood be white? Right. And and like 80% be male. Right. You know, how is that even right. possible? Right. And Regina King, she won uh, an award uh, for, I forgot which, which one, for the Golden Globes. And she when she won, she said, I'm vowing publicly that I will, in any project that I do, that 50% of the people that are working in yeah. are women. Thank you. And like, Just, and I, yes. I would hope that she would go a step further and be like gender binary, like not you know, gender non-binary or people of color. Cause that's, there's such a need for that. Like mm-hmm. I remember when Hassan did homecoming King, Hassan Minaj, yeah. Hassan Minaj did homecoming King. And I saw it at Cherry Lane theater in New York. I was like, this is amazing. And then when I saw it on Netflix, I'm like, I'm telling all my friends to watch it because I'm like, literally this is my life, but not exactly, but yeah. like literally yeah. in the same way. And then when he got his, Netflix like nightly news like like his mm-hmm. weekly news thing. Mm-hmm. I'm telling everyone to watch. I'm like y'all, y'all should watch it because he's so smart, and he's speak like he's smart and doing this like live TED talk. But he's like talking about lotas, and I'm like, right, right, right. oh my god, do you guys know what a lota is? If you guys don't know what a lota is, check out the is it the Supreme episode? I think it's the Supreme episode um, where he talks about what a lota is. You guys have been washing your butts the wrong way. That's all I got to say. Oh, my gosh. I was yeah. watching him on Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee with Jerry oh, Seinfeld. Oh, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that one yet. It's it's interesting because he speaks so much to our generation and our interests. And yeah. so, I mean, one of the first conversations they have is like sneakers versus cars. Right, right. Jerry loves cars. Right. And Jerry has cars. And, and Hassan has like, sneakers. Here's the great thing about sneakers, Jerry. <laughs> and he's just talking about it like I would care. Right. But Jerry's completely yeah. in another field right. of, of thought. But when Hassan talks about being at the mall with his mom when mm-hmm. he was a kid and she's wearing a sari or thing, just you could just see on Jerry's face, I'm listening, but I also have no point of entry right. into that conversation. And you know what? That's literally been us our whole lives. Right. Like no, that's, that's literally been brown people the, their whole lives. The, 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 what's nice is I'm thinking of across the swath of America that is very waspy mm-hmm. and just hasn't. They have. You might be white and have views about. Some of the people you're seeing on TV now, brown people, black people, and it's instead of being something that alienates you, if you're a young person who actually didn't, the same way you said, oh, I didn't know I felt this pain until I saw that right. representation of my people on right. you know, this platform, you might be a white person who's like, oh, I, I didn't know. I remember that's how I felt about Bend It Like Beckham. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was just like... The girl, not girl. not because of Beckham, but because of the brown girl. Yeah, because of the brown girl. Because yeah. I'm like, oh my god, there's this brown girl that I, I could be that person. Yeah. I could be an actress if I wanted to. Or, but like, it's these small little things that is so important. Yeah, but if you're a white person who is young and you see someone of color on stage, you might have the the feeling of I didn't realize I had this pain until 
I saw someone that I don't normally get to see. Yeah. Because my neighborhood, my school, my town doesn't have people right. who look like or her. Or act like me or mm-hmm. or have the same insert whatever. Yeah. Like me. it's nice to see yeah. someone who comes from a different background to say like. And so you'll see. And I've had this in my life, too, where I've had white people uh, multiple times say like, Alex, you're my first black friend. Yeah. And it's because I've had people f- say you're my first Indian friend or like yeah. my first Daisy friend. Because yeah. you saw Will Smith on Fresh Prince. Right. Because you saw a bunch of other characters uh, on TV and in media. Right. And this was the first in-person interaction. And it, it just means a lot to people who don't otherwise have access to it. Mm. So I appreciate that Hollywood and some of the media are being, I'm not even going to say choosing to, but mostly being forced to acknowledge a different I'm okay world with view. that. Like go ahead yeah. and be... Be uncomfortable because it's not even uncomfortability. It's just like it's this fear that I think a lot of America has of of being othered. A lot of white people feeling like they're being, um, you know, pushed out. Like if you're a white man right now. Listening to our podcast. You would say, well, I'm a filmmaker and I'm worried I'm not going to have a lot of jobs in the future or not as much mm-hmm. access to them because... I have a good network of white male friends and right. white female friends, but if they're intentionally hiring half of their team as female and a portion of that being color, color people of color, I might, colored. yeah, I was like, I stopped. There was no D, there was no ED on that. Um, but if I'm not going to get hired in this job by Greg or Todd or Tim or whoever, Whatever, yeah. um, and they're looking for someone like, um, uh, just a Jolisa yeah. or whatever. Um, well, that, that feels wrong to me. Right. And what I would say to that is um, affirmative action has always existed. It mm. just worked for white people. Yep. I love how white people sometimes <laughs> want to say like affirmative action is wrong. Like you weren't saying that when affirmative when it, action when was always is, around. When it was always happening to you. It was, always. It was always for the betterment and advancement of white people. <laughs> always. And, and if people are like, what is he talking about? Read a book called <laughs> When Affirmative Action Was White. There's a book called When Affirmative Action Was White. Love and it, it talks about the policies and things and government business put in place to intentionally keep black, brown, uh, and Asian people out of the country mm-hmm. um, and out of business and out of positions of power. Not even covertly. Right. Overtly. Yeah. It's on the books. There's policies. I'm telling you. But anyway, I just wanted to share those things. As much as like we started off the cast really sad with with the, the news of R. Kelly being a piece of crap, um, at least we have women doing dope things. That's all I want to hear. Women and people of color doing dope things. Cool. All right. We are going to keep it moving. Are you cool with that? I'm ready. All right. Let's keep it moving and talk about some basketball. All right, folks. It is time for our dribbling section or dribbling segment. I was going to say dabbling. I don't know why. But it is our dribbling section, which is one of my favorites, which is why we do this podcast. Alex, what's what's on deck? This is why we do the podcast. There's two sections of this podcast. Right, I mean, but it's like the main. This is like the uniqueness of our podcast. If right? you're one of those people who only listens to the first part of our podcast, now you know how Bri really feels. You are not worthy. You are not if you've worthy. made it this far, 
Congratulations. Congratulations. Now you, you know where, where we keep all the VIPs. <laughs> um, so, I mean, what are we talking about today? The, the word on the wire that came out today is that Adrian Wojnarowski is reporting yes. from ESPN that Tom Thibodeau is now the former head coach and president of basketball operations for the Minnesota Timberwolves. He gone. He out. He got fired. He got fired. He was the pre- which I forgot that he was the president and the head coach, which is making <sighs> him the last person. I think everyone yep. else has also like this whole dual role thing doesn't work. They tried it in Detroit with Stan Van Gundy. Didn't work. Axed. They tried it in. LA with the Clippers and Doc Rivers. Right. But then they demoted. They took away the presidency role. He's still the coach. Still the coach. They believe in Doc as a coach, which is still great. And immediately, his son was no longer part of the Clippers. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Austin, bye. Austin Rivers, who'd have? Anyway. Yeah, he was the reason that most of the guys were disgruntled on that team. Right. You're you're here because your daddy wants you here. Your kid? kid? Really? You're going to call this play for your son? Really? (laughs) And Austin talks a lot of shit, too. Yeah. For someone who's not like a CP3 level. But yeah. like, hey, young young blood, do what you gotta do. You you hold your own. I ain't no daddy's boy. That's fine. I understand you got you gotta have chops. But um, now that Tom Thibodeau's gone, what do you think of uh, what do you think of that move? It's so interesting because I mean they weren't doing terrible, but they weren't doing great either. In the West, in the West, they were doing not good enough. Right for what we're fear, especially because you're in the West. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, he tried to bring the Timberbulls back to back to fruition, and I think that's probably what nixed him. Because, granted, I will say, I mean, Derrick Rose even said it. He is, you know, the reason. Like, he was one of the few coaches that believed in Derrick Rose and what he could do. Um, and for that, I'm really grateful because, you know me, I love me some some D Rose. Um, but yeah, I don't know what to think of it because I think there's rumors that uh, Fred Hoiberg, former Bulls coach, I don't understand, this is a really bad <laughs> and Chauncey Billups are two people that are in the running for potential head coaching slash front office jobs. Right. Chauncey makes more sense to me. Yeah. I if we want to repeat what Fred Hoiberg did in the Bulls after Thibodeau left, Jeez. go ahead. But uh, it doesn't sound sounds stupid to me. If you can't control. Well, first of all, let's take Jimmy Butler out of this. Right. Because no one can control Jimmy Butler, as we'll talk about. As we'll talk about later. But, uh, so the fact that, uh, you know, Jimmy was a thorn in the side of Fred Hoiberg. And then he went to the Timberwolves. And Tom loves him, loves Jimmy to death. But he wasn't happy there. And he did. Jimmy arguably did psychological damage Mm. and turmoil to their their franchise tag, right? Carl Anthony Towns. He just wasn't the same. He looked like a lost sheep out there, right. a puppy dog with like his eyes were sweating like all the time. Um, and Andrew Wiggins just never had confidence, and Jimmy just really uh, poked at that. Right. So um, if you take him out of the equation, what you have left are these talented young guys, but with Tom's. Uh, I don't know his philosophy on coaching. He was always he's a hard nosed coach. Yeah, and he hires hard nosed guys. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much these players. But Anth- Carl Anthony Towns said no one saw it coming. Yeah, I think people are like D Rose was you know sad about it. Um, so were others. I just, I mean, I <laughs> have a soft spot for Coach T. 
just because of my bulls and like that was like a good era of the bulls i mean mm-hmm. it's never gonna be as good as the michael jordan era but it was a good era mm. um and so i'm i'm going to you know i i appreciated what he did for that team and for that d rose butler noah who was the other guy oh my gosh baldy <laughs> taj <laughs> taj gibson and um just a bunch of guys there i mean it, it, he did mm-hmm. good with them yeah. um and you know got that scrappy team together um so he'll get um i mean he'll get a job tom mm-hmm. thibodeau will be either an assistant coach or a head coach somewhere right because he's got the chops for it what i don't understand immediately after letting him go how are you gonna bring up fred hoiberg's name i don't understand that either i'm just like you know it wasn't successful in the bulls like why would you do that if that you, makes no sense I, I guess fred hoiberg wants to be an nba coach I, and he's publicly stated that yeah but what the heck you don't you're if you're trying to contend <laughs> and you just let go of tom thibodeau mm-hmm. why would you bring in a guy who followed him up once already to take over the coaching job for this man like the content the transition report from tom to fred i mean what does that look like you see it again you're like i saw this already i already read this transition report one time five years ago in chicago right he's not so if my choice if if i'm an nba player who's on the timberwolves right now and you're t- all these players talk. This is a generation where all the players they text, all are talk, friends. DM. Yeah. They they are in each other's lives. Right. Yeah. And playing video games against each other remotely or in the same room. Like all of these guys are connected. There's a brotherhood amongst the NBA Absolutely. in today's game. So if Fred has a certain reputation, if I'm a Timberwolves player, how do you think I'm going to feel when I hear, hey, we're considering either Fred Hoiberg or Chauncey Billups? You better pick Chauncey. Why are you even considering Fred Hoiberg? <laughs> Didn't he just get fired? And Chauncey's very respected as a analyst. Highly, highly respected as a player. Highly what, respected what, as just like a basketball mind. A savant. And so if I was a basketball player, I'd be like, hoi who? Yeah. Like, no. no, you better be. The conversation needs to stop at Chauncey Billups, period. His, his nickname is Mr. Big Shot. There's a reason for that. What's Fred's nickname? I think they called him the, uh, the, something with Hoiberg. They did something with that in Chicago. I just forget what it was. I'm going to call him the quiet boy. <laughs> but he, I mean, does he look like someone that could like rally up a, a team of young black players? He couldn't do it in Chicago. <sighs> They'd have to be fresh out of the draft. <laughs> like I could see him being some kind of, so. but Cat and Andrew Wiggins and that that lot of Taj Gibson mm-hmm. these guys have been around the league Derrick Rose yeah. he doesn't Derrick Rose Derrick Rose did say he would be willing to sign with the Timberwolves again yeah but I because he doesn't have any other options true really people he's had a great year but mm-hmm. people are still wary because of his record right so I he's don't, still doing well in the all-star votes yeah and God willing I hope it <laughs> continues because I'd love to see him play yeah but Though a lot of people don't think he deserves it I say go screw yourself <laughs> That's better than what Derek said. Yeah, Derek said something not nice. That was not okay. Do we want to say what Derek said? Uh, I'm trying to think of this one last point about Chauncey Billups. Okay, say Chauncey uh, Billups. Oh, yeah, yeah. The one last thing I will say about Chauncey. The man is smart. What I like about Chauncey mm-hmm. is he is consulted and revered on many 
points and opinions that he has in the NBA. So they try to get him on shows like Rachel Nichols' show, The right. Jump, and all these sorts of things. He's an analyst. He's he, an an, and yeah. he's, a, he's so smart about the court and the the interpersonal dynamics of players, administration, and all that. He's he's just keen to bureaucracy and politics so much so that he doesn't need. A coaching job if he doesn't want one but right. when he uh, the last time a gm job was open he was smart enough not to take it right that's a reflection of how smart he is when the cavaliers said hey we'd love for you to be a gm he said yeah i'm not i'm you just fired one of the best gms in the league yeah you don't know what a good gm looks like yeah. and you don't know how to treat one right so he's like no i got a better thing going for me over here if the timberwolves come to chauncey billups they'll be lucky if he says yes yeah yeah Yep. It'll be interesting to see. The Derrick Rose thing, it's a, a short little quip. Um, he was asked about Thibodeau, and he spoke uh, very highly of Thibodeau and said he was one of the only coaches that believed in me. I've been working really hard, all these different things. And then he talked about, you know, there's a lot of doubters out there. Uh, and for all the doubters, all I got to say is uh, kill yourself because uh, I'll continue to be working hard and blah, 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 blah. He later came back and apologized for saying kill yourself because um, he said it really like nonchalantly. Um in the way that you, you may say it amongst your friends, like, well, F you, kill yourself, and like right. you walk it's away a, or something. Like, it's a common phrase amongst right. the youth of today. Right. Not a great phrase. No. If in it's the to same be taken way, literally. In the same way kill as yourself, like a lot, a lot of other things that we people say very unjust are not great. Like saying, let's have a powwow. No, a powwow is a very specific ritual in the Native American community. Don't say that. When you say, oh, is this kosher? Mm, no, don't say things like that. Listen you know? to our last episode. Yeah, listen to our last episode. We, we talk about those things. Uh, you know, not a great thing to say. And I think he was just saying that in like in the emotive way that only her phone. I'm sorry, it that always was another happens. Br- that's been a, no, it's been a while since your phone boinged. Yeah, <laughs> I love that you said it. It must be nine o'clock. I can't switch you <laughs> every time. Of, get out of my life. You know what time? If it boings, you know we recorded this at nine p.m. <laughs> this is true. Anyway, back to our conversation. Right. So um, th- not not the best thing he could have said. No, it's. Yeah. Not, I mean, it's. But he's he, expressing frustration, like I, I had confidence in this man, right? And I've and he has confidence in me, and I'm grateful for you know all those things. So, um, yeah, I mean, Coach Tips again. I have a I have a soft spot for him because I do like the way he coaches. Like I, you didn't, but you didn't play for him. No, but I like what he did to the players. Like I liked from. The, that I'm talking about that Bulls era. I'm not talking about what he's doing with Minnesota, right. what he did with Minnesota. I'm talking about I appreciated that personally. But. Yeah, I think from the outside looking in, I could see that. I think what's interesting, to, you know, it's just my perception of Tibbs, and tell me if you see it differently, is that he is a hard nosed, defensive minded coach. Yes, and he expects nothing but effort from his players yep and you're gonna execute and you're gonna do well and if we make mistakes it's not for lack of trying so they run sprints they do the drills they go through it in the same way that you would have like a hard high school coach yeah or a college coach who's really on you yeah tibbs is like that and he doesn't He's not the most caring person, but you know when he's on your side. Yeah. Like, he know he's, He cares, but in his own Tibbs way. Mm-hmm. It's not in, like, a lovey-dovey... No. Like, but it's... Uh, I'm gonna, I'll check in with you, like, Derek, how you doing today? Right. You looked a little off. 
there he'll ask you why it won't right. be like a you're not showing up today it's like what's going on yeah because i need you to perform so whatever i need to do for you to feel good right like do it yeah. i'm in your corner like he's he's that kind of like in your corner uh coach yeah. for you but he's he stands as uh on his own philosophy he i never heard about a locker room dissent situation i always thought there would be because he's so hard on his players i right. thought like you know like there's too many suicides too many sprints too right. many like drills like maybe he needs to ease up and have you know some off days or whatever that's why minnesota hired him because they thought he would be a good disciplinarian mm. for the young crop of players who right. just need to know how to play the right way right in, the NBA, in that nba level right absolutely. they were like we're gonna build some grit right some mental toughness in our players and Tibbs would be the best person for that and they thought being a president also he could draft guys into that that could situation. fit that situation yeah meanwhile the guy who replaced him in chicago fred hoiberg great college coach at iowa mm-hmm. so they brought him in with that young crop of players in chicago still young and he was one being walked over mm-hmm. by like a jimmy butler and some of the other players people would like grill him out and chastise hoiberg to his face right and oh you know what no 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 no. i'm thinking about when he left i wonder what this is about because you know we're not on the inside of the nba i don't have connections like i can just call one of these gms (laughs) i wonder how much to hear hoiberg's name now Mm. there must have been some kind of respect for him within that locker on the outside we just saw a losing bulls team right we just didn't see the bulls going anywhere with hoiberg when hoiberg was fired they the players weren't happy about it exactly so they weren't happy about it and when he left the new coach who came in gave i forgot what his name was but he gave that disciplinarian model Mm -hmm. where we're gonna run and they hate they call there was a mutiny yep there was a revolt people were we didn't talk about this on the cast it was like a couple weeks ago that they Mm -hmm. they were like Uh -uh. this is not they called a players only meeting to talk about how they were going to address this issue and they talked about not even uh like blowing one of the games yeah that's what they're like we're not even gonna try and so in that sense there must be chatter around the league about Hoiberg and what he did deliver as a coach. Yeah. So I have to assume that maybe if players felt that I've never in my time following the NBA since I was a wee tot mm-hmm. uh, have heard of players resorting to such extremes. Right. Because there was a there was definitely a loyalty to Hoiberg minus a Jimmy thing. But because but Jimmy Jimmy's a Jimmy's a firecracker in his own way right. um but when jim boylan came in which is the new head coach for the bulls right there was you know there was a lot of like mm. it was it... a little too straight like it was like a swing yeah. and, like it was a swing on the other way it's kind of like the pendulum our pendulum like our presidency it was just like the other way you know yeah we like, said like it's a true swing because he said we used to do this with the spurs right and he's like, well, we're not, we're, you're, we're not the Spurs. I think the player said, we're not the Spurs, and he's not Popovich, is what they told him. So, it's a wake up call. Yikes. Um, but yeah, so that's with Tibbs. But speaking of Jimmy mm-hmm. and like Jimmy's firecrackerness, um, Jimmy's uh, causing a little bit of a, a little, little, little ruffling some feathers. I just want to preface in by 76ers. saying, I love Jimmy's hair, and if Jimmy's hair ever I love goes Jimmy, away, period. No, I'm a big fan, but I think he's one of those guys where his hairstyle is so his signature. Oh, it's his him completely. That if he walks, if he shaves all of that off at some point and walks down the street, you won't recognize him. I would like at a glance because 
I've always had a crush on Jimmy since his Bulls days. Well, keep the hair, Jimmy. We like it. And just we keep like doing it. What you're, but Jimmy, to what you were saying, do you still like the Jimmy? What do you like about Jimmy and that he's causing anywhere he goes, <laughs> oh, no. he challenges authority so hard? I freaking love that. Okay. Yeah, I, no, and, I, I do too, but why just, do we like that? Why? I don't know. I think it's because he's so genuinely him. You know what I mean? <laughs> like so, it's it's so authentic. authentic. It is yeah. so authentic. Yeah. Like because there's people who are just like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna you know <laughs> f up the system because I can. <laughs> it's just like no, Jimmy's like I don't like this. And like like when he sat down with Rachel Nichols to talk about the whole like trade situation, him when he was still with Minnesota at the right. time, he was just like Rachel, you know this about me. Blah, 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 blah. And Rachel's like, you're right. You're right. I've never been unclear on this. I've always been X, Y, Z. You were never going to not, not know me. So, like, is Jimmy being kind of an asshole right now not okay? You shouldn't be a, a, an annoyance to every single team you've gone to. My understanding is he's challenging the offensive scheme. Yes. He's challenging his role specifically in, to, to the head coach of like where he lands. They want you to pick and roll. He's like, I'm going to pick and curl. Yeah. I'm going to do what I do. Right. But so this is the thing. There's two things that I see at this. I see this in two ways. Jimmy, maybe they're not the problem. You're the problem. Like, cause you seem to be the common denominator in the bulls and the Timberwolves and now the 76ers of causing problems. Just self-awareness is important. I'm just psychologically tormenting some of my teammates. That's sure. not my fault. <laughs> Michael Jordan did that all the time. Yeah. Sir, you are not Michael Jordan. <laughs> Sir, sit down. You are not Michael Jordan, and these are not those bulls. <laughs> yeah, please. Um, so there's that piece, right? Where I, mean, I think he knows, but I also think he is now a target in the media of, like, he causes problems. Like, he, he, he and by problems, he, you know, um, he fights against authority. He's just, he's just, he just likes to make things interesting. It's, that's what Jimmy does. So I think there's a piece of it is self-awareness. Another piece of it is like, I can, I can think of many players who who go to their coach and be like, nah, I don't want to do that. Hmm. I don't know, a LeBron, a Michael, I'm sure Kobe did it. You know, like, I'm sure there are other players that have done it, but it wasn't like top news because they weren't, that wasn't their narrative that was always talked about. Interesting. I do think though... Cause Think about how many times when we th- talk about Jimmy Butler, it's is it about his play or what he's doing to his teammates or his coach or the front office? I, um, hey, admittedly, I like him so much that it clouds my perception yeah. of, of how oh, I me talk too. about him. Because I do, in terms of his style of play, as far as shooting guards go, he's a swing shooting guard, small forward. Yeah. He'll put a dagger in you at, with 30 seconds left in the game and he's done like, it a couple of times yeah, several times this season he'll drop a three when you need it he's the thing about jimmy that i like so th- here's what we like about jimmy and here's the thing that always comes through with him and it rubs people the wrong way he has a mental toughness like no yep. one we've seen in the league yep. his mental toughness is unparalleled and he's competent he's confident and he's very resilient yeah because he was drafted so low yeah and worked up to get yeah. in the playing time that he's earned. And he went to Marquette and was like a- adored in Marquette mm-hmm. for the work he did there. And yeah. He's but that And his that, life story is like really touching and really Well yeah, he he didn't have a home for a while. Yeah, his mom like disowned him and he was like his mm-hmm. foster parents were the ones that raised him. So yeah. I got to think that some of that informs 
his relationships with other people. Sure. But the way that I remember shortly after one of the spats mm-hmm. that he had in the T Wolves. Yeah. Where they said uses an Instagram uh, video of him had his shirt off. He had been in the gym. I didn't send it to you specifically because I knew what it would do. But he was just like soaked in sweat. I just wanted you to know I know exactly what picture you're talking about. See, I didn't need to feed you. So he, <laughs> he took he took off his shirt and he just starts wringing it out with yep. his hands and twisting the shirt. And just exactly like, what you're talking about. There's just like a waterfall of sweat coming out of the shirt. And he's like, see that? That's the morning work. Like that's... That's all work right there. Oh my right god, there. I'm so hot and bothered right now. Yeah, what? Well, listen, as a, as um, a bat- can I just say, there's nothing more attractive than a man who works hard. This is it. Like, there's a- just no, like you could be a CEO of a company, mm. you could be working like a blue collar job, mm-hmm. but a man who works hard, integrity. Oh, that is self esteem, mm. self worth. Oh, uh, that is. V sexy. So, and this dude is wringing out the shirt. As a basketball savant and aficionado myself. Right. Aficionado? Aficionado. (laughs) But I'm going to call it aficionado because, you know, you know, this is what I'm doing with the word today. He is, uh, he's admirable from my standpoint because I'm looking at a guy who holds nothing back. Yeah. And so when he goes into a space, if you're not, if you're holding anything back and you show up and you're not giving your all. Jimmy is not for that. Yeah. And so I love, even in this offense, if you got a Joel, listen, no, I'm sorry. If I'm Jimmy, I got no beef with Joel Embiid because I know how injured he was and how much he's had to build himself back up to be an all-star center, best big man in the East for sure. 100%. And now... Can't take that away from him. I got Ben Simmons over here. Can't shoot for sure. Can't shoot a damn shot to save any of our lives. And so we're going to need him. He did have a couple of shots the other day. It was very exciting. It was like one, I think. Yeah, if if I'm Jimmy Butler, it is unacceptable that you have all that height and that versatility and an IQ supposedly that, that is like rivals LeBron James for you not to have a jump shot within wait, 15 feet. Yeah. 15 feet. No, I don't even need a Steph Curry three. No. Just 15 feet. Do it inside the arc. He has Can't to. Can't even do it. He has to drive, lay up, dunk every time because he literally cannot do even a sky hook. So what do you think that is for him? Do you think that is That's like- a lack of mental toughness. You have arms. You have coordination. You know he, he the mechanics of shooting. Exactly, and so also if you're Jimmy, everyone loves Markel Fultz because right. you could feel sorry for Markel Fultz. Well, but I also think as Jimmy, you're also sitting there like, dude, really? There's more to Markel Fultz's situation. It's really sad. Like there has to be more to his whole situation of him not playing this year. Yeah, I'm sure it's more than just his actual shoulder. Right. It might be the shoulder and something else. Yeah, and from, from what it was alluded to was Stephen A. Smith on one broadcast. He said it. He didn't say what it was, but he said there's more to Markel Fultz in a way that was said. He said it in such a way where it seemed like, no, I know there's more because I've been told what it is. I wonder if it's psychological. Oh, no, it's definitely psychological, but it's it's a because you saw this kid play in college for his one year. Mm -hmm. He was lighting up the nets. Right. But now you forgot how to play basketball. Right. And his mom's really... I don't know. It's just very interesting. For those of you who don't know, Markel Fultz is a rookie. Um, was he a rookie? Yeah, he's... Well, he's his second year now. Second year now. Um, 76ers player and hasn't been playing 
all season yeah because of a shoulder injury that's what's publicly stated but there's there are thoughts that there may be something more you can't trade him nope so i mean you got this team of sixer players and jimmy's looking around this landscape thinking this is me here's what here's what here's what what y'all are gonna do here's what jimmy thinks he's like this is my team Mm -hmm. it is me and joel right ben until you get a jump shot you are suspect right you do what you have to do best you can be traded Sir, I mean Jimmy wants to win a championship. Yep. He reminds me of the Jimmy character from Seinfeld. I'm talking about him. Like, there's a character in Seinfeld on one of the episodes who speaks in third person. Oh, his name's God. Jimmy. So he keeps talking about himself. Oh my and God. And everyone thinks he's talking about his friend. But it's actually him. It's him. <laughs> Here's what Jimmy thinks. Jimmy doesn't like that. <laughs> Jimmy doesn't like that Ben can't shoot. I like, I would not. I don't think I've ever like talked about myself in the third person. Like, for a long period of time. I would be like, ooh, Brennan doesn't like that. But, like, I wouldn't no, 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 like no, have a full-on conversation. If I'm about to go on a soapbox rant mm-hmm. about something that I know is not going to be received well, right. I double down on it by introducing myself in third person. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Good to know. I'm glad we've never gotten to that point in our relationship <laughs> because I will literally punch you. <laughs> it's like, they're not going to stand this long. So, let me just... But if yeah, you were saying so Jimmy so Jimmy's he, thinking. So yeah, I think Jimmy's looking at this saying, like, you know what, I came into this team and I wasn't even here but for like three games and I already hit two game winners. Right. Buzzer beaters. Yep. Um, you know I have ice in my veins. I, I have, don't care about any of y'all's I feelings. I do not care a lick. Feelings was that. I'm a, he's you can a leave that at the door. He's he's a leader so much as people will follow him. <laughs> he's got a Kobe mentality when Kobe was still wearing number eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And until he, his legs give out on him or he's, his body is not what it used to be and he transitions into Kobe 24. Right. He's going to keep He's going to keep going. And I think he's taking care of his body the way that, like, maybe not in the same way LeBron is in, like, putting a million dollars in, into investing into your body. But I, he's taking care of his body. I mean, have you seen him? He looked fine. You know what's funny? He drinks... He's got a wine collection. Well, yeah, him and D Wade and all of them are all like in, them. All, all are in like a wine. I love them. Everybody loves the bottles. I but just, she was. Can I just say I love that though? I love no, yeah, how yeah. sophisticated and like dope these black yeah. men, these big black yes. men, drinking this pretty expensive wine, knowing what they are and knowing what they are, the tannins, right? The, trying to get vineyards going, yeah. stuff like that. I mean, I think the a, I would, I would one thousand percent buy. D-, D Wade, Jimmy Butler, LeBron James wine. <laughs> you heard it here first, friends. I, I <laughs> first investor. I appreciate the multi-dimensionality of it, and also ESPN just came out with a uh, recent article about how the Portland Trailblazers and some other teams make coffee for their players before the games. Oh, so they can be nice and light before they go. Nice and light. Take a take, take a, quick a nice pass. dump. Nice take dump. A... <laughs> Call what it is. They take a dump. They do. Yeah, I mean, when you go on a date with someone, you say you're gonna go get coffee. You're also saying, "Hey, we're both gonna shit." That's both. <laughs> I don't drink coffee, so I, I drink do. my water. I'll tell you what. You feel light, as you said. You feel really good. I mean, I like. I love my like. I usually go in the morning. Yeah. Well. And yeah, then... the coffee definitely ensures that's gonna happen. Plus, you mm. also get a nice little. You. You knew me. Early on when I didn't drink coffee. Yes, you're right. I did. I've I've since gone back to it. Mm. And what I like about it is you only get... Just like with green tea, when you diffuse things in water, you only get a certain percentage of it. Mm. It's less than 50% of all the antioxidants and the, everything else. Um, polyphenols and things. I now 
have a coffee grinder Mm -hmm. and I grind my coffee in the morning and I put all the grounds into the smoothie. Holy God. You get a hundred percent. Hundo. And you don't even need to use that many beans. Right. Because you can use like a third of the beans because you're getting the full. Again, you're literally talking to a person who doesn't even like the smell of coffee. Oh, you don't even like the smell? Nope. It is intoxicating for me. Like uh, tiramisu, you know how it has a coffee flavor to it? Don't like that. Like, I don't, just don't like it. Oh, you don't even like this. So when you walk into a coffee shop, that doesn't do anything for no. you? No. I mean, I'll sit and do work at a coffee shop and stuff, but it, it doesn't, like, deter me and, like, oh, like, I'm so disgusted. It's just, it's not, like, my thing. I think it's, I guess, and yeah, my, like, my olfactories people, go nuts. But even for me, like, people are like, don't you like green tea or, like, black yeah. tea or whatever? I'm just like, no. I don't like any Green of tea doesn't things. do anything for me unless it's, like, a really deep sencha, like a nutty yeah. Japanese, like, variety. For me, it's just, like... I, I do a a car a uh, cumin tea which I really love. Oh, that's nice. Uh, that's like a that's something that I cumin. That's the like the main ingredient in chili. Sometimes, yeah, depending on how you make your chili. If you make it the correct way, there's. I a do lot put of cumin, cumin in my, chi- but this is not ground chili of uh, cumin. It's like whole cumin, like the actual seeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I usually put that in a little bit of fenugreek in water Ooh, fenugreek mm-hmm. dang um, i take that, fenugreek supplements and uh and like that's it's called jitagavalam that's what we call it in in india in south india um and yeah that's like the closest thing to i just always called it as like colored water without realizing oh i basically have been drinking water of color yeah water water of color yes thank you <laughs> thank you <laughs> You're so dumb. You and your dad jokes. Um, but anyway, but uh, yeah. But the, but so the, the, the coffee high, the players <laughs> get before the game and then the wine after the game. They're taking uppers and downers. And, uh, I'm into uh, it. Healthier. You don't hear about NBA athletes taking a lot of narcotics or any kind of like performance enhancing drugs. And mm-hmm. hopefully that's not a thing. But I mean, maybe I just don't know about it, but it's mm-hmm. never come out like in baseball or NFL. Right. But they take coffee and they take wine. I just right. think that's. Some of the classiest, refined, cultured things you can have before and after a game. I just love it. But uh, anyway, Jimmy Butler has, I think what you're hearing us say is, we don't want you to act up, but we also love you very much. I'm a fan. And so we're not going to... You're you're a fave. You're a fave on this podcast. We're, yeah. He's definitely he's definitely up there as one of my fave he could, like, player in, in and outside of the He court. could punch Ben Simmons in the face like Jordan did Kerr. Mm-hmm. And we would not... We'd be like, he probably he deserved it. Probably deserved it. <laughs> and also, that's really bad. We should not be like condoning. Like, oh, what did, what did they do? He probably deserved it. Like, nah. That's not uh. okay. Um, the only last thing I want to talk about in the basketball section is that Harden is having a dynamite nah. MVP yeah. run right now. Yeah. Um, still the one of the most boring players I to watch. Ask you. You, you, you said that off mic. Oh, no, I will say it. On, I will say it on mic. I will say it on wax. Harden, you are boring to watch. It is like, like so, so boring to watch you, but... Your points are stupid. You, he is assisting, which is nice. He doesn't yeah. rebound very much because that that requires defense, uh, which is something he is uh, uh. allergic to. Um, but I mean, he's having a, a good uh, MVP kind of uh, year. You know, as far as numbers are concerned. <laughs> you know, Alex. Even if you travel, Alex feels 
that you are why are you talking to the third person (laughs) (laughs) you when we say boring Mm -hmm. what is boring about his game i'm running through highlight reels in my head i just don't find him dynamic on the floor he has like his step back three (coughs) sometimes it's a couple of steps Mm -hmm. and the refs do the bird box challenge and uh, don't see it. What's the bird box challenge? Uh, where the refs don't see things like the like in Bird Box the movie. You should watch it. Starring Sandra Bullock on Netflix. I will say A Quiet Place is better, but whatever. Um, like the library. He yeah, that's his like step back, and he you know he'll drive every once in a while. He'll drive into the paint, dunk whatever. But it's a it's a two it's a layup. It's a and layup a dunk, and, or it's a three. Yeah. Which is, like, very basic. Like, those are some of the three shots that you can take on the basketball court. Uh, Matt, uh, Mike D'Antoni offense thrives on that. Yes. Now, as a coach, he has always preached, hey, the easiest high percentage two-point shot is under the basket yep. with the layup. And then next up from that, if you want three points, you have to be behind this line. Right. Anything in between that is a waste of energy. Right. 100%. <laughs> Which, if you're James Harden... You save a lot of time going between three-point line and three-point line. Yeah. And he's leisurely strolling to the other side when when they're on defense and getting back because he's typically controlling the ball Mm -hmm. on on the offense. So, I mean, again, it's just boring to me because I don't... Maybe it's the way that the media has portrayed him. I don't know. Well, it's funny because his uh, PR people, whoever his PR people are... Mm -hmm. Give yourselves a pat on the back because you make him look like one of the most interesting, stylish, creative players in the league. His beard game, beyond the beard, just beyond the beard. Yeah. They Please never dress, show off your beard. They, yeah, don't don't keep the beard forever. Um, they dress him. Before like pregame, like when he walks in? Yeah. Like one, somebody asked Russell Westbrook, who do you think is the stylish guy most stylish guy in the league besides yourself? He couldn't think of an answer, but immediately the top of my head went... Besides you, James Harden, because mm. of the... Sh- I mean, did you see his MVP acceptance? Uh, yeah, the shorts that he wore, the short suit that he wore. Yeah, I guess it was a short suit, but he had on glasses, like sunglasses, like Morpheus style. He looked amazing, but I mean, he just, he has this swag about him and this style off court and his shoes get a little weird, except for his new shoes, which you'd be proud of me. They were on sale half off at the local Adidas mm-hmm. store, and yeah. I did not buy them. Good for you. Because I thought, there are too many logos and brands on this thing. It's all cluttered. Mm. And it reminded me of his style of play. It's cluttered? It's a little disjointed. Okay, yes. Like, there's a, there's, he has on his shoe, there's a signature on the forefoot on the toe box. Uh-huh. Then it's got his logo on the tongue. Mm-hmm. Then on the side, it's got the Adidas three stripes. Mm-hmm. And then on the inside medial part is uh, 13 in Roman numerals, very big. Mm. And then on the back heel of the shoe is the Adidas logo. What the what? I'm like, Why is how all that many? happening? And then on the bottom of the shoe. Are we all confused that this is a hardened Adidas yeah. shoe? I was like, why does this have so much branding on it? Just put the three stripes at a 13 somewhere. You don't need to do more than that. It was so extra, but it reminded me of like how what number cluttered. Shoe is this? this is number three for him, the volume three. So it was so cluttered on the shoe that it reminded me of when he goes through the paint. You know how he makes most of his points? Like a good amount of his points come from free throws. Yeah. You know how he attracts and, and, contact. And, and he's literally like, well, stop following me. It was just like, that's. <laughs> 
That's funny. Stop it. You, he goes in the lane and just in the lane and he just bounces off of guys. Right. He's a little disjointed and uh, loose with his body, so he yeah. can draw contact. So that's where he lacks the grace of uh, Michael Jordan. Yeah. He just doesn't have that kind of ballerina aspect. Yeah. And LeBron has pure power. So when you hear his owner, or sorry, the GM, Daryl Morey, say, James Harden might be the greatest offensive player of all time. If you're counting free throws, which he shoots more than anyone by a lot. Right. He was asked about that, so he said, stop following me. (laughs) He shoots so many, like 400 more free throws than the next leading man. Right. Yeah, that's going to account for a lot of points. So if if you're... but I've never seen his mid-range shot. I haven't seen his mid-range shot. Right. And what I would love to see, and I, I think that's what I'm hearing you say, is rather than you drawing contact, going to the line, slow down the game that way. You right. slow down the game that way. Right. And then you... It's you, so you, much iso ball with him, too. Oh, it's this whole it's game. All, and it's like, okay, I mean, if you were more interesting to watch, maybe I would enjoy iso ball with you. But, like, you're not... You need to be more of a facilitator, especially if you're this leader of the Rockets. Well, he is. In my opinion. He has a lot of assists. But my thing is not just assists. It's like when you're on the floor, show me a repertoire. Yeah. Show me that you can do a back to the basket, turn around, fade away. Right. Show me that you have more in your arsenal mid range where you could create a shot and do a spin. Right. Do it, you know. And someone would also say, if it ain't broke, why fix it? Right. Like what he's doing is working for him. He could do it. For the rest of his life, his longevity as a player—he's mm-hmm. already doing things where he doesn't have to break his body. No, he doesn't. So I mean, he's playing it smart. It's just not that interesting. Yeah, that's all it is. That's I'm all not it gonna, is. I'm not gonna buy his shoes. Carmelo still isn't playing. We don't know what's going on with him. He's still, from what I heard, he's working on his body and trying to stay in shape. Good. That's good. Um, LeBron still has a groin injury. Still out. I cannot tell you. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. What am I going to say? How how much you think of LeBron's groin well, and how many also, sleepless nights you have because of LeBron's that groin. That is also true. Alex doesn't sleep very much these days because of LeBron's groin. At night, I wonder two things. What is our purpose as human beings? Absolutely. And will LeBron's groin be okay? And See how well I know him, ladies and gentlemen, and well, non-binary friends? But the other thing is when we were looking at the cast notes for tonight, I, I, looked, I, looked, I said this to you off mic. I said, what are we talking about today? There's not a lot going on in the NBA right now. And then I looked at our last cast and five of the points are all LeBron. I said, you could tell LeBron's injured. Yeah. Oh, I miss him. I miss him too. So he's still injured. Hopefully um, getting that groin worked out. I didn't see the full... We'll just complete the banana boat um, here without Chris Paul. But like Dwayne Wade wise, he joined Elite Company the other night with an assist to one of his teammates. I'm going to make up the numbers here, but I think this is what I saw mm-hmm. on the gram. Dwayne Wade now joins one of, he's now one of three players now to have 20K points, 5K rebounds, 4,000, no, 5,000 assists, 4,000 rebounds. 100 1500 steals and ooh I forget how many threes it was and wasn't there blocks in there too yeah there's blocks in there too he is now one of three players who are those other two players 
Kobe. No. That was funny. Assist. That was <laughs> sorry. That was that was stupid. Uh, that was dumb. Oh, um, I'm trying to find it. That's gonna make me laugh later. <laughs> uh, that was you know. No, that no, was, no. The, you know who they are. I know LeBron has to be one of them. Yes. Who's um, the other one? LeBron, him, and don't think too hard. Michael. Yeah. It's this. Yeah, that's the exact shot. You okay, so the the shot is twenty thousand points, five thousand assists, four thousand rebounds. Good job, by the way. I got the um, top line. Fifteen hundred steals, eight hundred blocks, and five hundred three points. Three pointers. Five hundred three pointers. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, mean, that's that's. I'm not gonna lie. That's good job, D Wade. I'll take that. I'll, hey, so he's a Hall of Famer anyway. So like, oh, yeah. and he's he's one of my favorite humans. So I'm all, I'm all about it. Oh my god, he's you know one of the top. Three shooting guard. Oh, that's tough. He's definitely top five, but I don't know if he's top three. Top ooh, like of all time. Yeah. D Wade. Yeah. No, he's not top. He's nah, not. No. He's number four. He, uh, ESPN put him three one time. Of all know. time. Yeah, I have to look at that. Yeah, they put Jordan obviously number one, Kobe two, and they put Kobe Dwayne two. F- for of shooting guards? Oh, for shooting guards. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought of all time, like, ever existed in life. I was oh, just like, no, why are we no, talking no. about this? No, 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 no. <laughs> this I'm makes not, no sense. I'm not that delusional. <laughs> but all time top, in our generation, for sure. Jordan, Kobe, Dwayne Wade. For point guards, yes. No, shooting guards. Shooting guards, yes. Yes. Sorry, that's, that's what I said in my brain, but not in my mouth. Would you put James Harden ahead of him? No. Me neither. Because you're boring. <laughs> We, we just, just fist we because just said. you know you spend a lot of time together when your <laughs> basketball stats and opinions mush into one. I like how we just spent <laughs> 10 minutes trashing on his game and then are like, would you put him ahead of D-Wade? No. Because no. <laughs> he's boring. So, he's boring. But he, but by the time it's done, though, uh, because of how he's honestly, Harden's on a scoring streak, he might be ahead of Dwayne Wade, actually. Sure. We'll see. But he's definitely, I mean, and take Harden's nothing away from the young. guy. still young. Like, he still has some time left before he's, like, in retirement age. Yeah. We don't know. Enough. Jerry West was a point guard, right? I believe so, yeah. Or was he a shooting guard? I thought he was a point guard. If he was a point guard, then Jerry's in the top five point guards. Top four point guards, probably. But, um... No. Oh, God. Is he? Jerry West. But if he's a shooting guard, Let's see. Jerry, Jerry West might be tough. Was, ooh, it says shooting guard and point guard. I thought he was. Okay, so that's why I didn't know. West played small forward position early in his career. Um, looking at. Mm, dang. Oh, this is hard. Point guard. Yeah, it was point guard slash shooting guard. If he's a shooting guard. What's the difference between a point guard and shooting guard for people? Because I always mix this up. Point guard, generally, physiologically speaking, a smaller player who facilitates by passing a lot. Quick, low to the ground, sees players, sees the court. Kind of like a floor floor general. He facilitates points. For other people, yeah, yeah. He's like Chris Paul, like small and can see the court. And then shooting guard, you're just shooting the ball. Okay. If Clay Thompson... Mm -hmm. Is your is your quintessential shooting guard? Yeah. Give me the ball. Goes up. Your quintessential point guard would have been like Steve Nash. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So Jordan was a shooting guard for sure. All the time. Every day. (laughs) 
all the time. <gasps> they try Kobe, to, shooting guard. They try to play him at point. He was like, so I score all the points. <laughs> So right. that's what a point guard means, right? I score the points. <laughs> All the points. So he he's uh so if if that yeah, so I would say then top shooting guards of all time. Jordan, Kobe. Who cuz Dwayne we just looked at that stat, so it's coloring how I see this and Dwayne has lost a step. But he was in he his was prime. Dominant. dominant. Huh, I would have to say He's definitely top five. Jer- well, yeah, but I like would, I put I would put Jerry West over him though. I probably I w- would. Jerry goes third. You got to pay respect to the logo. Yeah, Jerry absolutely. was incredible. Do you think they're ever going to change the logo? Yeah. When? Yeah, the league will do it. When? Yeah. Um, Don't you have inside scoop on these things? <laughs> no, it's. I think Alex. What's your What's your purpose in so, life? There are so, these are things you should know. <laughs> there are so many guys who don't spend any time thinking about that um <laughs> that i can't like if the players don't care we need to change the redskins logo before you we change what? that so Amen. i don't even i you, don't you're right you're right you're right i don't fry. even know why i even we'll come after jerry on the logo but what also makes it hard to change the logo is because jerry didn't just fade away he became the best gm in the game yep he just jerry steps into any organization Jerry's you can see alive. now he's with the clippers right now he was do Golden you see the Clippers? Yeah, right. And do you see right the former that, Golden State he's Warriors? With Golden State Warriors, like anywhere Jerry steps, that he got Shaq in uh, L.A. Yeah, I know. Anytime Jerry goes somewhere, he makes them an instant con- contender. Yeah. So the thing is about him is like, you're the logo, but also you're like a fucking godfather now. Right. Like he kissed the ring. So Jerry, and then I would say Dwayne, and coming on Dwayne's heels is James Harden. Not even Steph. Steph's a point guard. Uh, so is as yeah, I know because he doesn't pass it as much, right? Because right. he shoots all the time. Yeah. So, but you got Clay out there as shooting guard, and I guess he's like you know by default a a point guard. Exactly. And okay. In that way, in that way, Steph got placed by ESPN top four for point guard. Point guards, which to me, who was Steve Nash was, has to be up there. I don't know. He he was ahead of Steve Nash. You had Magic. Uh-huh. John Stockton. Uh-huh. I think Steph beat out Isaiah Thomas. Hmm. Number Senior. Th- yes. Number three might have been Chris Paul. I was saying like... No, it wasn't. It wasn't Chris. I forget who was number uh, three. Hmm. But, well, we'll have to check that out. But my thing is, but you know, at the end of the day, if Steph... Steph wouldn't be that high if you're only considering a point guard to be someone who also their the bulk of their worth is facilitating. Right. Because Steph doesn't do that as well. He doesn't he, need to. Do you think of Steph as a passer? No. No, that's why I was just like, oh, that's right. I would guess I get yeah. Depending but, on the day he could be the point guard or the shooting guard. If he really wanted to. If be. he had a team Because when Clay wasn't shooting well, Clay was not the shooting guard. Because he was well, passing the ball away. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, like they, they, all they have, do it. they. I mean, you Draymond have to. does everything too. Yeah. So it just all depends. You, it's nice when you have like that much arsenal. Oh, in your when you have five all stars in your in your team. Is it that many? Yeah, it's that many. Demarcus Cousins will be back soon, and it's going to get even worse. So, <laughs> yeah. All right, let us go and talk about some dope people. Let's do it. All right, let's go. All 
right, folks, it is time to talk about our dope people of the week. You ready? You got your dope person? Ready. I got my dope person. I think I'm going to go first. And my dope person this week is none other than Rashida Talib, who is a congresswoman in Michigan who was newly elected as a Michigan, uh, a congresswoman for the House of Representatives of the United States. Um, she is the first Palestinian-American um, woman elected to Congress um, and from Michigan, which is super cool. I think nice. Michigan's 16th district. I may be lying. It is the sixth oh, six district, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and prior to that, she was in the Michigan House of Representatives, like and worked in that ah, for a couple of years. Worked her way up. Yeah, so she's been she's been doing her thing and rocking it. And um, you know, she's from she is one. She's the eldest of fourteen children to Rashida Harabi. Um, and I'm sorry, and she was she's she was born as Rashida Harabi, and she married. And uh, to Fayez Talib, and that's why her last name is now Talib. Um, working class Palestinian immigrants in Detroit. Um, just really interesting uh, life in Michigan, and worked her way um, into the political world where she is at currently. The reason why she's my dope person is that, as I mentioned to you on January second, the that was when all of the new House of Representatives Congress people were um, sworn in. To mm-hmm, office, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and she is one of those few um, who were sworn in, right? One of the the more progressive folks, like Alexandria, her, and a few others. Right. Um, and she, uh, at one point, she was being interviewed, um, and this and in her interview, they talked about forty five, and she said, "We're going to go in there, and we're going to impeach the motherfucker." Oh what? So that's all she said. We're gonna go in there, and we're gonna go impeach. The Screw. motherfucker. I just want to say there's gonna be a lot of curse words I'm about to say as quotes. Whoa. So mom, I'm saying these as quotes. I'm not really saying them. Anyway. Okay. Okay. So of course the Republicans were like, How dare she call our president a motherfucker? Well, we could say worse. Um like seriously. He should hold a That implies up. that implies consent. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um uh, the president himself said that her comments were um, deplorable and like terrible, and she was like, he could hold a mirror to himself to see what you know that looks like. I appreciate that. Yeah, and so That's rubber glue. Yeah, argument works right. every time. So, in a correction over the weekend, she apologized for what she said, and this was her statement. What part? Okay. This was her statement. It was wrong to yell out, impeach the motherfucker, when I actually meant imprison the motherfucker. (laughs) Hold on, there's more, there's more. Or maybe impeach and imprison. Or maybe impeach and imprison and then hang the motherfucker as a traitor. Or maybe impeach, flog, and deport the bastard to Russia, along with his culpable family and all his criminal cabinet members and cronies. In any case, I misspoke. Oh, let's put some crosshairs. She's <laughs> and, like, put me right in those crosshairs. She's like, anyway, I'm I spoke. love it. And then, you know, of course, people were like, you know, people think your remarks are crass. They're like, not good. She's like, screw those old white male racist misogynistic fussy Christian motherfuckers. 
Um, she was immediately hailed uh, for her powerful oratory um, sense and named the senior spokesperson for the newly elected class of the progressive U.S. representatives. And I love that. Every damn word you said. I literally... I, at first, I was like, oh, she called him a motherfucker and was going to be... I'm like, that's amazing. Then I got saw, that, saw this uh, Feminist Wire article mm-hmm. about her being like, actually, what I meant was this. I mean... Uh, let, let me, me clarify. You know what? Let me. I said I some things. I wasn't. I wasn't speaking so intentionally in the moment. You caught me off guard with that let me, question. Let me. Let I've me. I've had clear. some time to think on yes, it. Yes. Less. Yes. Let's mm-hmm. expand. Let me. Let me. <laughs> let me go. let you know. That was amazing. So um, she is basically my new favorite person. Wow. Um, I plan to have a poster of her in my apartment. Every white male congressman is scared. Not he, shaking in their boots. He's upset. And you know why? Because you can't do a damn thing about it. Yeah. Free speech. And. Motherfuckers. I know you don't agree with it, but she's got a point. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm one to be, to say, hey, don't, let's use better words, potentially, but I really can't find better words for 45, so at this point, she's my dope person. I'm super glad to see. Uh, Congress looking more and more like America, and not thank God, um, so. and not like the all these old white men. We still got a lot of work to do. Our Senate looks real white too, so we got a lot of work to do. But um, Rashida, you're awesome. I'm really, really grateful for your voice being part of our government and our system. Racist, misogynistic, mm-hmm. and it is not wrong. No, 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 nothing. What she's where's the lie? There is no lie. It's it's largely, by and large, it's very true. Yep. I love it. Okay. Rashida was great. Yep. Uh, my dope person this week. Tell me. I have been known to pay attention to a shoe or two in my day. Shocker. I'm gasping for I air. I am a former sneakerhead so much as it relates to play on say, the court. Having you in my life has made me more and more a sneakerhead. And for that, I thank you and also hate you. I understand. Hey, listen, (laughs) it's a gift and a curse. It is. I really like sneakers and I've done everything in my power not to buy all the ones that I like. There's some beautiful models. There's this Nike Fear of God one that I really, really Mm -hmm, like. mm -hmm, Why the hell mm -hmm. is it over a thousand dollars? Exactly. Because it puts the fear of God in your bank account. I just won't eat for the rest of, you know, my life. See, it's it's a poor investment. (laughs) Um, But these shoes... Unless I flip them. Anyway. Yeah, no, this people do this. But the thing about sneakers is is they're just so emblematic of a star. If it's a signature sneaker, meaning that it is a players model designed specifically for their play james harden lebron james all these guys have sneakers russell westbrook's new sneaker came out the russell westbrook the why not the why not 0.2s right. the second rendition of his shoe did he say why he was doing that as like a 0.1.2 instead of like 1.0 2.0 because he his number is zero. Oh. I didn't even think. I didn't even put that together. Zero point one, zero point two. That is just that going. is smart. Okay, no, see, see, Russ, he's different. Okay, he like always it. does things differently. I like it. I like and it. And that's like the it. thing about Russ that we really enjoy. As much as we fawn over like a Jimmy Butler, who his authentic Russell Westbrook is nothing if not authentic. Oh, oh, thousand percent. He and pe- people give him crap for it all the time. Yeah, and because he doesn't care. They're like, oh, he's a stat pad. Like he, he's padding his stats. I'm like. Uh, so. His mental toughness is so amazing. 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 So his new shoe came out, and I'm having the <laughs> hardest time justifying why I should not buy it. Uh, that's when you talk to me. I'm your, talk I'm your to sponsor. You. So off mic, you're going to help me 
because the shoe actually drops in a few days. Mm, mm, mm. You're going to coach me out of not buying it because that money could be better used for other things, right? Yeah, you can buy me something, you know. I said better things. Wow. Okay. Am I not good enough? What am I, chopped liver? <laughs> These are subjective things. We'll talk <laughs> off mic, but I feel like his okay, shoe, when you look at it, the Why Not 0.1 came out. Yeah, and it was, I liked them. They were cool. They were nice. Yeah. And players said when they play on court, it actually very effective. Okay. The traction, the cushioning, it was a really nice shoe. Mm. Came to find that that shoe actually was a team model shoe. Jordan was already in the works producing this shoe. It was right. designed as a Jordan shoe. Mm. They put the logo of Russell Westbrook on it when they decided to give him a shoe line. So really, it wasn't designed for Russell, but it fit his personality. They made it sure. work. Yeah. The 0.2s Man, are, to... you pull this picture up, and you see if that is not the most Russell Westbrook shoe, knowing that he designed it and gave the okay and the green light on any feature of that shoe. It's so... I'm waiting for Bride to pull up the image. She's. I want to see her this reaction. One? That one. Oh, yeah, that's definitely a rush shoe. That is fire is all get out. Okay, first of all, these are nice. They're nice, and they're also weird. They look weird and cool, and... Very fashionable? Yeah, it's very fashionable. Like the So you see that thing in the heel there, that yeah. square? Yeah. That's the tag for the size and the information that normally goes on the inside of the tongue. That is awesome. It's I love that. It's on the outside of the but shoe. But that means it's going to fade, because you're just going to be running on it. No, it's inside some plastic. You're sure, not gonna whatever. Uh, but either way, it's on the outside. And the, the yellow... Uh, like this marigold yellow like in the middle of the foot mm-hmm. bed mm-hmm. is pretty cool. The the shoe is decoupled, so the forefoot and the heel and the back are, are two separate connected. things. That yellow is a connecting speed plate. It's the so in the back you see that tag on yeah. the side there. That is the information about the color scheme of the shoe and why the colors represent. So each color on that shoe, which there's probably about nine One, different two, colors on that shoe. Three, four, five. There's some because that's a navy, three, that's a royal, that's right. a teal, that's a. Yo, this shoe is bomb. Right, so it's each color represents a different color uniform he wore in his life, from high school to college to pros. That's very cool. That is super cool. I'm having a hard time not buying this shoe. I don't know how much more help I would be for you. <laughs> so, oh, so in no. celebration of Russell's really. Really These dynamic. Are nice. Hey, I don't buy Jordans very often because I think they're shit. But Russell Westbrook's Jordan, I have a hard time not believing in that shoe. Wow. It looks like it plays and well, I love, like, and it can little, wear casually. Like the the texture of the that tap that mm-hmm. the, by the where textures. the tongue. There's like five different is. textures. Yeah, on there. it's like it's it's him. It's this is literally something he would wear like on his body. That is that is a like a. That is a lifestyle shoe as much as it is a performance oh, shoe. Oh, yeah. It I looks would like totally it does rock everywhere. these in like jeans yeah. and whatever. Yeah. Totally. If I were all black with those on oh my, my feet. Oh, my God. You would be fire. <laughs> Fuego. Setting off all the fire detectors and alarms. You can't come anywhere near my place. We no. can't, we can't have We can't have the sprinklers going off. Sprinklers <laughs> all day. So I wanted to recognize Russell and uh, celebrate his, his new uh, shoe coming out soon with some facts, little factoids about Russell Westbrook that we may not have known. Tell me, This sir. article came out from uh, Clutch Points. Uh, dot com and it came out two months ago. These are facts about Russell Westbrook. There's 30, but I'll give you the ones that I think are good. Great. So, um, his favorite player as a kid was Magic Johnson. Not surprised. Nope. 
Makes sense. Uh, he was a fan of the Dallas Cowboys. He wasn't a Lakers fan, though. Um, don't know what that has to do with anything. Yeah, I was he like, played, I don't know what that has to do He played uh, football. He was a linebacker and a running back and baseball, and he played tennis growing up. Ooh. He did everything. He did all. Tennis, baseball, football. Why not? Um, he started at the bottom at UCLA. He started off as a point guard coming off the bench. Okay. And his first year, he only averaged nine minutes a game and 3.4 points per game. But then in the offseason, he went to go play with some NBA players and really work on his game. And then he came back and he led his team to the Final Four. Whoa. There you go. Agent Zero. He wears number zero because he used to wear number four all the way through until he got to college where he played with Aaron Aflalo, mm. who also wore number zero on the UCLA Bruins. So, he, so Aaron Aflalo wore number four. So he has a big Westbrook, Westbrook went to zero. And that's the only reason. Okay. Um, he was the last official draft pick of the Seattle Supersonics. Yep. R.I.P. That quickly became the Oklahoma City Thunder. When they relocated, yep. right. He is known for being on time and never late. He shows Ooh. up to practice usually two or three hours early. It's very Kobe-esque. Yeah, hey, why is his shot not better though? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, know. I don't, have, don't ask me those questions. I don't know why his shot's not more consistent. Um, but he's a hard worker and no one takes that away from him. Absolutely. Um, he is the only active player. Uh, yeah, you don't need to know that. Triple double domination. We all know about that. Yeah. Um, he, is the, he is also the only player in NBA history to record a triple double against every other team in the NBA. Yep. 29. He's been doing it for two, three years now, so... Yeah, it's not time. Uh, Tradition, before every game, Russell calls his parents, his brother, and his wife. Mm. He also eats a peanut butter and jelly sandwich before every game. Love it. Um, It has to be Skippy peanut butter and strawberry jelly, not jam. Ooh. I I love it. I'm into it. Uh, We have Russell Westbrook. God, this next part's going to break my heart. Uh... (laughs) Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook are the only teammates in league history to each have at least 40 points in the same game multiple times. They achieved this feat on four occasions. Mm. Ru- I'm not going to say anything. Oh. You all know how I feel. Uh, Snake. Are they the best <laughs> duo ever? Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant finished the 2015-16 season with a combined total of 3,907 points, 1,215 rebounds, and 1,195 assists. No other pair of NBA teammates has combined to produce as many points, rebounds, and assists in a single season. I guess they just didn't like each other. I guess Kevin did not like him. Right. Right. Which, Specifically. Which I honestly understand. Yeah. Um, knowing Kevin to the extent that we've diagnosed him on this podcast, <laughs> I understand why he and Russ don't get along. Um, Westbrook. <laughs> no, that's not important. Um, you don't care about that. Russell Westbrook's fashion. I don't need to talk about it, but there's some stats on here about that. How he went to New York Fashion Week. He sits next to Anna Wintour mm. at fashion uh, galas and such. Um, and he has his own foundation. Uh, he has his own sunglass line, Westbrook Frames. Ooh. Uh, I do like his sunglass game. He's pretty strong. And his fashion game in general is amazing. <laughs> best of the best. Uh, Westbrook is the only player in NBA history to win two consecutive MVP All-Star awards. 
Gone streaking, risk taker. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> this is the sad one. Russell has the most turnovers before turning 30. Career total, th- th- fun- yeah, it's funny. Before he was 30, he had 30-30. Um, uh-huh. 3,030 turnovers. Oh, yikes. He also owns the record for most turnovers through his first 10 seasons in the league, 3,001. So you got to imagine all these points and everything. Kevin Durant's kind of also like, could you protect the ball? Yeah. Just could like, you could you just relax a little bit? I understand bit. you're excited, but I need you to <laughs> He's, protect I just, the ball. I understand I, you're I have a lot of understanding for why. I don't condone Kevin Durant's decision to go to Golden State. Right. But I understand why he left. Yeah. I'm sure there was more to it, though, than just Westbrook. Yeah, he also didn't believe in the uh, organization, right. as we learned from his burner account. <laughs> uh, number eight, Russell Westbrook, left-handed. Yes, I did know that. Westbrook does everything with his left hand except shoot a basketball. He's listed on the Wikipedia page as being ambidextrous alongside Larry Bird, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, and Derrick Rose. You're trying to shoot with your left hand right now? Yeah, because I bat lefty. Why? I just, it's more comfortable for me. All right. Uh, Russ wears two wristbands during a game. He One does. says, why not? Mm-hmm. His motto. And the other says, KB3. Do you know why? KB3. I don't know why. In honor of his childhood friend, KB Kelsey who died. Bars the Third. Who died? Yep. Who died in 2004 because of an undiagnosed enlarged heart during a pickup game. And, Russ also puts that uh, on his shoes. And um, when I believe I heard... When his friend died, he would, like, after school, go to his friend's house to help his mom around yep. the house and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Big heart. Big heart. Um, he founded the Russell Westbrook Why Not Foundation in 2012 to support community based on education and family service programs. Uh, he won the Community Assist Award at one year for his work in the community. He also gave a donation to his alma mater's athletic department, rumored to be in excess of $1 million. Woo-hoo. And a new on-campus practice court now bears his name. Um, he was named the marketing creative director for Denim Brand True Religion. You may Russell Westbrook, the marketing creative director? I mean, yeah. All right. I'm into it. Uh... He launched his own fashion line called Honor the Gift. And he doesn't let reporters talk to his family members. And I, I would do the same thing. Don't talk to my family. He's like, he's very territorial. If he's you, very protective you, of his family. His brother, his mom. Like, oh, yeah. Extremely. You cannot get through to that. Don't ask him a question that he does not like. Because mm-hmm. he will... He will call you out and it's really funny well he he bites (laughs) yeah he does bite Um, i don't want to piss him off he is not a fan of other teams games this doesn't surprise me this revealed the most about him what do you mean he's not a fan Uh of other it's him and his team his squad against the world so he he, never he's not watching gameplay he never watches nba games of other teams (laughs) He watches film to prep for a game. Sure. But he's never at home watching other teams play. I'm not even a little surprised by that. You know, neither am I, but it explains his mentality. Oh, yeah, totally. So much. When you see him on the court against another team, he treats them like they're nothing. Yeah, he has has no emotional connection to anyone. Does he have any friends that are in the NBA? Spalding. His friend's name is Spalding. I can't. That's his only friend. So it's Spalding, Wilson, you know. That's his only friend. You got to think, this reveals a lot. Knowing more about Russell, 
reveals a lot about KD. Mm. Because think about that. If you're KD and you are a student of the game watching and you're in the community of NBA players, Russell doesn't really... It's his family and his other friends, but it's not really like he hangs out with a lot of NBA players. No. And he's totally okay with that. Yeah. And he's he not d- there to make friends. He doesn't watch other teams play. Right. And he turns the ball over a lot. So yeah. if you're thinking, as Kevin Durant, like, I'm a hell of a scorer, but my guy doesn't always pass me the ball. Right. And he throws it away sometimes. And I wish he cared enough to watch some of these games. Right. But he doesn't. He's zoned in his own world. Yeah. I, I get why he left. Yeah. I love Russell. I think he's amazing. I might he's, buy his shoe a, one He's day. another one of those that I love. Yeah, but I... I uh, he's he's one of those anti-heroes in a lot of ways. That's a good way to put it. He could be that way. Yeah. If you made a superhero movie, he's one of those nice... He's one of a nice addition to a squad because he's got flaws to him. Yeah. He's not perfect. Yeah. And I like... Uh, but I also like how unabashedly unapologetic... He is when he walks into an arena. Yeah, his fashion. Oh, there's another thing, and you knew this too. He only wears each wardrobe choice once. I know because he's and he gives it away. That's amazing. He'll wear thousand dollar whatever wardrobe thing, and then he gives it away to whoever is his exact body type. Is reaping the benefits of his. You could be his exact body type. I could get away with it. Are you as tall as him? No. 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 But I get it hemmed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's make that happen for you. Thanks. Let's get you in that Russell Westbrook. I mean, that's very, like, opposite of your style, but it'll still be cool. I mean, I'll make it work. Yeah. I mean, it'll just be the new me. It'll be, it'll just be you. A Russell Westbrook, <laughs> uh, a revamped edition. But no, I, I learned a lot from reading those, uh, st- more than just what I know about his stats, because he's, there's stuff, I didn't mention anything about the triple doubles, really. Yeah. Like, triple doubles wise, he's the only player to do it two consecutive seasons in yeah. NBA history. He's a monster. Right. And he may be able to do it this season, too. He, he's not playing around. He's going, he's coming for every record. Yeah. So we'll and see. And he doesn't care. He doesn't and I'm care. Not those shoes look good, dude. Well, I might have to talk myself out of it. It looks good. They and the reviews are coming in on how they play. They are positive. <laughs> I can't. Uh, and all the people out there who are looking at the traction on those shoes, and they're they look like half circles. They well, they're circles, but they're like divided in the middle. Yeah, they're like they got these circles on the bottom, dudes. Those are zeros. <laughs> I can't. Dude, zeros. <laughs> Attention. Oh, too funny. I love it. I love our dope people. All As right. always, they're always dope. Um, I guess that's the end of our cast. Thanks for listening and talking to us. And, you know, hope you're following us on all of our social media platforms. And uh, subscribe to us. Slide into our DMs. You know we love it. Uh, anything you want to say before we end it off? Nah. Let's go buy those shoes. Yeah. We might have to both do that together. It's going to be weird. It's going to be weird. My couple to resale. Yeah, exactly. All right, folks. Be dope. Have you noticed in the DMs? And you want a pair of those shoes? We'll sell it to you. The the fifth person who hits us up in those DMs. (laughs) No, the zeroth person. I can't. You're so dumb. We'll give you a free pair. All right, folks. Be dope and we'll catch you later. See ya.